You're listening to Faith-Based Mental Health, a weekly podcast designed to bridge the gap between spirituality and psychology. Welcome to Faith-Based Mental Health. I am your host, Pastor Colt Wagner, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Ron. How are you today, Dr. Ron? I am lovely. (laughs) The listener can't see you, but if they could, they would know that you just put your hands together and kind of tilted your head, and I I don't know how to describe it, but you've seen girls do it in movies for sure, Uh, and and that was, yeah, that image is going to stick with me, unfortunately. So this is a part three to our What is Love episodes. Baby, Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Yes, indeed. That will be the that's the first and hopefully the only time that I lose myself for a moment and begin to kind of sing. I might have to just edit that out. That was yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry to everyone. <laughs> it was gold. Gold. All right. So last week uh, in the text, we got to the point of love is not easily angered. And and just to, to anyone who's popping on right now listening, if you haven't listened to the first, you know, part one, part two of what is love, go back and listen to those because it's really building on itself. We're building a full working definition according to scripture of what love is. If you want to have a successful relationship, I feel like it is important to have a working understanding of what it means to love your spouse, to love your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever your fiance, whatever the case is. Um, And so as Dr. Ruan told us on that first episode of this uh, three-part, four-part series, whatever it ends up being, um, this is the best definition he's ever found. And so, you know, check those other ones out and, and let's, let's talk about what love is. So we, we stopped on, Love is not easily angered, which means, oh, and, and by the way, if you're not following, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Just quick little plug there. Uh, so the one that we find ourselves on today is love keeps no record of wrongs. This is such a huge one, and, and I would say for a lot of people, probably a very difficult one. Um, but if you think about it, it's hard to keep a meticulous record of the offenses that your spouse has committed against you if you keep on forgiving them. And the mm. Bible tells us that we need to forgive. Uh, forgiveness is, is so essential to every relationship. Um, definitely, definitely including a marriage. And, and so Dr. Ron, what would you add as far as the importance in, in a relationship, especially in a marriage of not keeping this record of wrongs. Well, there's a lot to be said here, which is kind of why I asked if we that we could take a break from the last one and start fresh here. Uh, brand new day, brand new episode. We can talk about this for a while. <clears throat> so what happens is if I have a record of wrongs, I, I will have an inappropriate, overwhelming response to an offense because my response to that offense is not just the response to that offense. It's a response to that offense plus the 10 prior to it, you know, and you've all seen something of this nature. I'm sure like a minor offense, you know, you left the toilet seat down and that was it. That was it. 
<laughs> the last thing, you know, I just can't take it anymore, you know, or come and fist the cuff. And then you try to explain it to a rational person. And they're like, really? You're, you, you got in a fight over the, and I can't tell you how many times uh, I've seen people. I had one, there was a big fight over a water bottle. Oh, the water bottle The you know, someone drank out of the water bottle. And then you, you go, really a big fight over a water bottle. Well, it had much more to do than just the water bottle, right? There was a lot of water under the bridge, pun intended, that led up to that. So keeping record of wrongs leads to a disproportionate response to an offense. You know, it's uh, illegal under the Geneva Convention for a... Uh, a state to have a disproportionate response. It's also uh, under the laws of um, just war theory by Augustinian. You know, so these are macro level problems. And then we also do it in the minor wars that we face within the confines of our household. So for this one in particular, I think what's helpful is the inverse And so we've talked about this two episodes ago, if I'm remembering correctly, that on some of these, you have to do inverse scoring, you know? So again, we said each one of these can be a Likert scale from one to 10. How well am I doing at not keeping a record of wrongs, for example? And so each of them, any time where it says love is patient, well then, okay, we know that. But when it says things like love is not easily angered, Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, if I'm not going to be easily angered, what am I going to be easily? You know, because it's kind of hard to like stop doing one habit without replacing it with another. And so we talked in the last episode about, you know, the opposite of, of easily angered is easily tapped into the emotion for which the anger is caused. You know, this is what we want you to do as opposed to what we don't want you to do. You know, love does not have a swelled head. Love is not proud. Well, what's the opposite of that? Well, love is respectful. Love is humble. So now we come to this keeping record of wrongs. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Okay. Well, then what does it keep a record of? Uh, And this is really important in marriage counseling because you get two couples, uh, two couples, wow, two people that make up one couple. Math, it's hard. Yeah, you, you, you said it. Uh, I think it was on the last episode, and I, I don't want you know. You're the yeah, doctor. I, yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't do good in math. I've even got my shoes off so I can count using my toes. But it's okay. <laughs> Two people that make up one couple, right? Um, they're they're sitting in there, and, and you're like, "What is success for you in marriage counseling?" And they, they usually this is what comes up: a record of wrongs. And they'll say something like, well, I just want my husband to stop biting his nails or I just want my husband to stop, you know, doing this. I want my wife to stop. And then I try to redirect it and go, well, if they weren't doing that, what would they be doing instead? You know, wow. Wow. And there's a whole theological concept about this, too, that we can really get into, because a lot of times we want to focus in on what you shouldn't be doing, when I think a more helpful approach is, well, what should you be doing? And if you're doing what you should be doing with enough um, consistency, (laughs) there's not room for the things that you shouldn't be doing, right? And so for every thou shalt not, 
we need to figure out what thou shalt do, right, to take the place so that it doesn't become sort of a, 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 a very difficult task. So in this one here, love keeps no record of wrongs. So the opposite of wrong is is a right, right? Yeah, absolutely. What are the good things? What are the good things? You know, and in the master resilience training that we literally teach this concept to soldiers on the battlefield, it's hunt the good stuff. Because if we actually lose more soldiers to mental health issues, if you look at it throughout history, World War II, we had more shell shock and psychological trauma than we actually had um, casualties, you know, which is crazy to think about, uh, but it's true. And so we're trying to teach these soldiers to be mentally tough and resilient. And we tell them, think about all of the good things. In fact, Philippians puts it well. Mm. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, what should we do? We should think about these things. things. And the, the principle applies to our relationships. If I'm spending all day thinking about all of the things that are right and all of the things that I appreciate, and I actually start to keep a list of them, and I sit down and I write my three gratitudes, you know, in my journal, and I start keeping a record of these things, then I find that I'm actually looking forward to spending time with this person. It changes the entire paradigm. If couples don't grasp this one simple concept, they're going to be fighting against themselves. They're going to be kicking against the goads, as it were, you know, uh, over this issue. What do you think, and Pastor? I, I think the opposite is true, too. If they will get this one thing right, I think oh! if you can get this one thing right, even if you mess up a lot of other stuff, if you get this one thing right, I think it transforms the marriage. And, and honestly, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You flipped it. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 not as funny if you point it out yourself. So anyway, uh, I had to you know just keep going. But if if you will get this one thing right, um, it won't even tr- it, it won't just transform your marriage. This can transform your life. You know, this is why a lot of you know at this point with the digital age that we live in, a lot there's a lot of very successful people online who have or successful in general who have posted online or whether they were in an interview, this question got asked. There's a, the question always gets asked at something to the effect of, you know, what are three tips or, or daily tips maybe that have been huge for you that have really helped you to get to where you are? A lot of very successful people among their answer of those three things, thankfulness journal. And they say, mm-hmm. every, every day I start out, you know, I'll start out writing a few things in my thankfulness journal and I'll end the day writing a few, a few things in my thankfulness journal. And so really all that is, is them having the perspective, intentionally keeping the perspective by daily, maybe even twice a day, writing this journal, the good things, what is right. Uh, because, you know, if I, even it's just practical. If I want to lose weight, I can't just think, oh my goodness, I need to stop eating potato chips. I need to, because I got to eat. If I just stop eating, I die. So I got to think, okay, what do I need to eat? What is right? What is good? What would a healthy person do uh, in this moment? And so, yeah, it's just, this is just huge. It's not just relationships, although it it is relationships, but it's everything. Indeed. This is, this is mental resilience. This one key can, well, 
can go a long way to fixing a lot of the depression we have. Depression is generally uh, focused on a, a perception of hurt, loss, or loss, you know. And so if you aren't keeping a record of that, then, you know, um, it, it, it helps with your depression. So, yeah, it's a very important principle. And this is kind of why I, I asked for us to spend a little bit more time with this one. Uh, fairly transformative. Uh, one of the exercises I do with couples is we have an appreciation jar. And so you can do this with your family too. And so we have a box or we have a jar and we put it on the kitchen counter somewhere and we have scraps of paper and we invite people to write every day one thing that they appreciate about the other person. Why? Because we want there to be an actual physical record of wrongs. So that the next time that there's a, a fight, the next time that the marriage is, is struggling, you know, you can actually take that jar, you can sit down on the couch and you can take turns reading all of the things that you appreciate about the other person. And suddenly you begin to forget the thing that you were fighting over in the first place. So yeah, keeping the record of, of rights. Yeah. To, awesome. to, to clarify, we want a physical record of rights. Dr. Ron, you yeah. may have oh, accidentally man. said wrongs, but, but it's Thank okay. You. We want that it's, physical record of rights. It's late. It's late. I uh, just for the record for everyone who's listening, I had eight sessions of counseling today, so I'm already on the ninth hour of talking. So sometimes my talking gets a little inverted, as you will. So that, yes, record of rights. Thanks for pointing it out. You, sometimes I hear preachers do that, and I want to like say that, "Hey, you mean you know?" And you can't, you know, point of order, pastor. <laughs> Yeah, let's just throw that hand up like, uh, hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keeps rec we keep record of rights up in here. Yeah. I dare you to do it next time. See how he reacts. <laughs> just, yeah. just uh, you know, if, if you happen to be visiting me in at, at church with me, that's not the time. <laughs> Some other time. <laughs> or there's somebody else. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. I, lo I, I love it. That's such a, a huge one. And you you mentioned a few things that I'm sure we'll have to unpack in another episode. You know, even the thankfulness jar. That that's just oh, that's so good. That's so critical. You know, the the thankfulness journal, all, all these things. The well, I guess you could say rights jar, but um, a lot of really good things. And, and you know, this episode is worth it, even if all you do is say, you know what, maybe me and my wife will start doing that. Let's keep a jar and and just start daily writing something that we're you know happy about with them, something that went well today, a good experience, a good conversation. Maybe they just said, you look cute, you know, okay, put it in, write it down, put it in the jar, you know? It doesn't cost anything and it could change everything. So why not? Yeah. What do you got to it, lose? Occam's razor. Doesn't cost anything and it might just save your marriage. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how about we move on to love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. And, and for this one, I want to explain something that I think is very relevant. Um, in the Bible, the word truth is often a reference to the Bible itself. For instance, Jesus said that the Bible is truth. Um, and and it's, that's not the only instance. There's several times that it's referred to in that way. So the way I look at this is uh, I should rejoice when context of marriage. I should rejoice when my wife strives to live according to the truth of God's word, but I would never want to rejoice or delight 
when she sins or commits some type of evil. And I'm only, I would never put the word my wife or Juliet and evil in the same sentence. I'm only doing it because that's the word used here. Uh, So Juliet, when you listen to this, don't get mad. But I would never want to rejoice when she sins or, or commits some type of evil because sin is the cause of destruction. And so to rejoice in her sin would be to rejoice in her destruction. And so this verse says, love does not delight or rejoice in evil, which is sin, but rejoices with the truth. So we're going to rejoice with each other um, with the good things. And we're never going to rejoice or delight uh, in the negative. That's where I'm taking this this portion of this definition. Dr. Ron, what do you have to add to that? Well, I'll... I'll add what Eugene Peterson says. It doesn't revel when others grovel. Mm. That's interesting. Um, This is in the context of of all relationships here. We want to say that we have love. You know, uh, penultimate relationship challenge is the uh, Good Samaritan, you know, uh, the guy who was supposed to be your moral enemy, you know, and he ended up taking care of him. So, uh, when I'm at work and that coworker gets written up, thereby making me look better, do I rejoice in that? Do I feel sorry for him? Do I feel better for myself? When my beloved Cowboys are playing any team with Tom Brady as quarterback, <laughs> And Tom gets injured. Do I delight in that? Do you? Do you, though? Probably more than I should. <laughs> I don't think I, I I can say honestly that I agape or love Tom the way that I should. Uh, it, you know, this applies to all circumstances in life and how much more, you know, with our spouse. And here's the challenging part. Okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down a challenge. I've already challenged you about the football stuff. Um, what if the bad thing that happens is something that you warned them would happen? Then it's really easy to be like, you know what? Told you so. It happened. Like you, you feel good. You're almost right. glad. It's so easy to almost feel glad that that person got hurt in that moment or, or whatever it was that happened. But you're still not right for that. I'm vindicated. I told you so. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem because you can't say that you, that you love someone and kick them when they're down. So, yeah, that's 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 one we got to think about. So, yeah, this is why these definitions of love, you know, they come in, you know, to a practical application. So, I, I you know, people who just casually toss around, oh, I love you. And they haven't actually thought through these constructs and these these thoughts. They don't really know what they mean when they say it. And so those who know, oh, this means I can't kick you when you're down. This means I can't rejoice when I want to say I told you so. You know, these things are all practical. These things are all things we've been tempted to to do from time to time. But this is what it means to love, you know. You know, for me, this miniseries so far on – this miniseries on love has been – so insightful for me, but I still am not sure it's going to change the fact that I'm going to say, oh, I love this pizza. Uh, so I, I think I understand it, but I'm still going to mess it up. That's for sure. That's It's just hard. 
Yeah, that's quite all right. That's quite all right. You can love anything you want. Just when it comes to your spouse and when it comes to relationships, maybe you want to change and say, I agape you. Ah, that's good. That's good. You know, that's the Greek uh, word here, you know, because in the Greek, there's uh, at least five different uh, words that mean love. Uh, and yeah. they all, all have different contexts from sexual love to brotherly love to friend love, you know. But in this concept, we're talking about the penultimate love that God gives us to connect with other uh, people. It's really the image of God within us connecting to the image of God in them, which is why we need agape in order to accomplish it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in my case, it's always good to throw out the word amor because that is love in in Spanish and and my wife being from Colombia means a little more. So I, I do try to do that oh, as well. Oh, 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 somebody hand this guy a kid. His dad jokes are off the chart. <laughs> it means a little more. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, I, I don't usually throw these things out there. So I figured today, why not? You know, I'm, pick, I'm, so- picking, I'm picking it up. I love it. I love it. Oh, see. <laughs> so we've got four left on this love series. Shall we continue on or shall we do a part four to this? I'd say let's pick up a part four because the the last four are really go together in ways that these ones kind of went together. Uh, they do. They, they, they go together perfectly. Um, they're, they're meant to be their own episode. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, and it gives me a chance in the closing comments for this one, since we it was a little on the short side, to say that if if you'd like prayer in any of these areas, you know, you're struggling to to let go and let God. You're struggling in the area of keeping record of wrongs. You're you're struggling in the area of rejoicing in evil or in any capacity whatsoever. I want to invite you to reach out to us on the Serenity Care Counseling webpage. And just drop us a line. There's a contact form there. You know, we pray for our listeners. We pray. I pray for my clients. I when I pray for my clients, I begin to get a vision of what health looks like for them. And and I'm not saying I'm prophetic in any sense of the word, but once I begin to visualize what health looks like for them, it's so much easier to achieve because we have a destination in mind. And so I'd like to have that kind of picture in mind as I'm thinking of you, whoever's listening right now. So feel free to reach out and contact me. Let me know whatever it is that is a struggle for you so that I can pray and I can begin to visualize what what God might want for your life. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that, Dr. Ron. Yeah, we would we would absolutely love to be praying for you. Um, so again, that's serenitycarecounseling.com. Submit your prayer requests and and yeah, we'll, we'll pray for you. And, and if there's any other way that we can, uh, you know, be there for you, as always, you know, there's counselors who would love to, to help you out, life coaches, same thing. And so whatever, whatever way we can be a resource for you, that's what we desire. That's literally why we have started this podcast. Helping others is so much uh, the reason why we've gone into the professions we've gone into. Um, and so please head over to serenitycarecounseling.com and let us know how we can be there for you. Uh, but also, if you've heard this episode and you feel like you've gotten some good things out of it, tell a friend about it. Let them know. Again, don't don't be selfish. You know, if it, if it's good for you, it'll probably be good for them. Let them know. Um, 
And and always as always, you want to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're just joining us for the first time. Uh, that way you know when we get new episodes coming out because we're releasing them weekly. We'd love to, and I'm going to keep using that word love. We'd love to be there for you. With that said, I'll just say it's been good to talk to you, Dr. Ron. Listener, I, I appreciate you being there, and I will see you guys next time. Aloha.